Let's make our confession before we begin tonight. We say that the Word of God is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Amen. You may be seated. God is good. If you're just joining us and weren't here last week, uh, we'd share just a little bit about uh, our history, about the history of victory, just a, just a tiny bit, not a whole lot. We've been here for, uh, since 1989, July 9th. 1989. So this year, you know, in 2011 on July 9th, we'll have a men's breakfast. That's coming up on that date. So maybe we'll celebrate there just a little bit. But uh, that'll be 22 years. We've been here for 21. And uh, Pastor Pam and Bill started the church, came here, and then Elizabeth and I have been alongside them since we moved back, got our lives straight, got ourselves right, and uh, got hooked up uh, in the things that were going on here. We've been teaching. We've been in every area of the ministry. Uh, a couple times we've been the children's pastor we've helped in the children's helpers we've been the youth pastors a couple times we've pretty much done everything taught vbi ran all the night school and did all that kind of stuff for years and years been preaching forever been doing all the things that pastor bill needed done been helping and been sharing in all the work uh, of the ministry just like many of you have uh, alongside of us and then just in january uh started as uh, the pastors of this church so we're very honored to be a part of that we talked last week just about some basic things after we talked about who we were we talked about some of the things we believed talked about you know we believe first and foremost that you have to have jesus christ alive on the inside of you and received him as your lord and savior if you're going to go on and, and receive that eternal life that he has for you we talked about faith we talked about some different situations uh, as far as righteousness and as we worked our way down the list today we're going to finish healing we're going to talk about the baptism of the holy spirit a little bit and then share just a little bit about the victorious abundant life because in this church really truly i believe that we should be just ecstatic about all the good things that god's doing that your life should be full of joy peace happiness goodness the greatness of god being manifest in your life every day and you say well it's not like that but it can be and there's no reason, it doesn't say in the Bible that we wait to live that life until we see the things that he's told us or what he's promised us. We live that life right now, believing and receiving and understanding that we have those things that he's promised us. So uh, your countenance should be full of love, full of joy, a big smile on your face, regardless of what's going on or going down. You know, you've known Pastor Bill for years and years and years and years, and there's been a lot of days he hadn't felt well, a lot of days he's been upset, a lot of days he's had challenges that you've had, but rarely, very rarely, and I'm his son, very rarely do you ever see that. Very rarely when I talk to him do I ever know really what's going on behind the scenes that, that's happening to him in the natural because he lives by the Spirit. And then this church, they've taught, we continue to teach that we live, we live by the Spirit, we don't live by the flesh. So all of those things are online. You can check out last week's part one. If you weren't here, you can get it, go through it. This week we'll talk about part two. All the young people got uh, in, in wave, got booted over and promoted. The fifth graders got booted over, promoted to uh, Blaze tonight. So it's a big night for them. It's pray a big the night for graders. the... Pray for the parents. So, uh, you know, I mean, for the parents of those who got moved over, that's a big switch. You go from fifth grade to sixth grade. So pray for the sixth graders, pray for Blaze, but pray for the parents of the sixth graders too. Uh, that'd be a good thing. The fifth graders are trying to be invisible right now. Right. They're all hiding behind <laughs> pillars and pretending like they don't exist. I really don't want to eat that. That seems crazy. We've, I've always, you know, I, I taught freshmen for a time period, and I had a little list of survival. So, you know, I go through it with them. These are your four or five survival things that you need to understand and know now that you're in the big house. They come from these little middle schools into this 2,000-kid big house, and they were a big stud last year, and this year they're the little fish in the little pond. And I said, don't pick on the big kids. Hang together in a group, in a pack. 
don't talk, just keep your face down and keep going right to where you're supposed to go. You'll end up in a locker somewhere and they'll have to come find you hearing this pounding from the inside. But we wanted to share just a little bit uh, about what we believe as far as healing is concerned. That's the next thing on our list as we go down there. And, and, and really, truly, in this church, we believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're supposed to live our lives healthy, healed, and whole. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't have sickness and disease. It's not ours. It's the enemy's. And you may say, well, I got some in my body. Well, God's the one who heals you and takes care of you. And if you allow him to do that, he will. Yeah, and, and God made a wonderful thing. Our body is a wonderful thing. And it, it's so intricately put together. And there's so many, like, just off by just a tiny little bit, and it throws everything. I mean, we are so balanced and so perfect. And, you know, the way we see, the way we hear, all those things working together in our brain, it's just amazing how God put it all together and made it all work. I mean, who I, I don't know how he did it, but it's awesome. Uh, but in the beginning, I mean, we have Genesis, Exodus. In Exodus, he already started about talking about healing. And, and I don't know if it's before that, but the scripture we're using tonight, that's in the beginning. So God's idea of healing has been from the beginning. Once he made this body and then once we were, you know, subject to sin and the curse of sin, then our body began to, you know, do things differently than the way he had intended them for him to. And so in in Exodus it says, I am the Lord that heals you. I, and that's right in the beginning. And then it talks about it again in Psalm 109. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. So this is something that he's designed from the very beginning. It's that, that he would take care of our body as our body begins to do things that aren't the way that he designed them to be. Yeah. You know, it, it, Jesus, you know, he always, he made a way and he took the sickness. It says in, in if you look at 1 Peter 2, 24, it says we're healed by his stripes. The fact that, that he was beaten, the fact that he was bludgeoned, he was hit with a spear, he was stabbed with a, all of those things were so that he would spill his blood so that we would have everlasting life. But part of that was so that his body would take the beatings and the sickness that we are supposed to receive from the enemy. And he took it on the cross for us so that we didn't have to. He was a complete substitute for us. Substitute, substitute as the sacrifice that allows us freedom, sacrifice, you know, like he died, he put himself on the cross so that we wouldn't have to be put in those positions so that we could live free. And then he took a lot of beating and he took a lot of punishment for us so that, that we wouldn't have to live in that sickness. And it says, you know, and in uh, Matthew eight sixteen it says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled with the prophet Isaiah spoke, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And in my commentary down here, it says, um, it talks about how the provision for healing is the same as the provision of sickness, I, is the same as salvation. And it says uh, that the prophecy Isaiah states that the servant of Yahweh would bear sicknesses in the same way that he would bear the sins, that is, vicariously. Furthermore, he would suffer our sins and sicknesses if ours means all of us in regard to our sin and bore and even being given a savior, then it also means all of us in regard to sickness and having been given a divine healer. So he took those same sicknesses and diseases that that were brought on by the curse, he took those in his body the same way that he took the sin consciousness in his body. And on the cross, that he was the remission for our sins, but he was also became our divine healer as well. Yeah. 
And, and you know, it, it's this idea that, that, that people have this thought sometimes, and I've heard people say this, and you probably have as well, and, and if you're here and this is, this is what you say, that, you know, just realize that we don't necessarily believe this way, but, but God doesn't make you sick. God doesn't bring something on you to teach you a lesson. God doesn't do those things. And if you go back and the people, you look at the Old Testament and those kind of things, but that was before, that was before Jesus. That was Old Covenant and not New Covenant. And God, God is not a person who's confused and upset. And he doesn't do one thing and then another thing. And it, it says all through the, the New Testament that Jesus came to heal and that he healed all who were sick and he did all of those things. And, and God's not somebody that, it says in 3 John 2, that, that I, 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 beloved, I pray that you prosper and be in health. How, how, can he, how can he be believing and thinking and praying and standing on your health, yet then all of a sudden make you sick at the same time? That doesn't work like that. You know, God is not the one who brings sickness and disease into the world. That's the enemy. Right. The devil does that, and it all happened at the sin consciousness, like Elizabeth said. At the moment Adam sinned, sin consciousness entered the world, and then it gave the, the enemy an opportunity to move. It gave the enemy an opportunity to bring sickness, to bring disease, to do all those things. That's not God who does that. He's not doing it to teach you a lesson. The enemy is coming against you, and you need to stand on the word of God, plead the blood of Jesus, and, and, and agree with God that you, are, that you are whole, that you are healthy, and that you don't have that infirmity in your body. You're suffering from a, from a, from a sickness. You, you have these things that happen. I, we totally, wholly believe in going to the doctor and doing those kind of things, but we believe in being led by the Spirit as you go. You know, we don't necessarily have a lot of Spirit-filled believing doctors in this area, but I believe there are some around. Find out who they are. It's all right to ask your doctor what he believes or what she believes. There's nothing wrong with that. It'd be very difficult to go into a situation where the person isn't a believer, somebody who doesn't necessarily know. Be led by the Spirit. If God leads you and guides you that direction, He'll begin to provide a way for you in that way. He's not going to leave you hanging. That's not what He does. The devil's the author of sickness and disease. You can stamp that on the thing. That's, that's it. God loves you. God cares about you. He gave His Son to die for each one of us. So there's, there, I believe that there's not any, any possible way that he, could, that he could be in that position to say, you know what, I'm just going to strike you with a little sickness so that you don't feel so well so you'll learn something. I, I don't believe that at all. We don't stand on that. We don't believe that. We believe that God is our healer, that he took care of us. But I do believe that as you go through situations, as you go through things, the enemy comes against you. It says he is in this world to steal, kill, and to destroy in John 10.10. I mean, that's what he's out to do. That's what he does not like you. If he has an opportunity, if he has a moment, if he has a chance, maybe today he doesn't take it, but maybe tomorrow he does. And so if I were you, I would, I would make sure that you are following after the things that God's told you, that you're being led by the Spirit, that you can stand on a firm foundation of the Word of God. You can see Him come through for you. Your life can be different, and you can live healthy. You can live whole. But I know that you know, in, our, in our world, in our life, we've gone through some things and faced some tough situations, and not talking about a cold or not talking just about a situation where maybe your throat's sore, those kind of things. But when Elizabeth, and I shared this just a, a, a month or two ago maybe, when Elizabeth was, was pregnant for Rachel, we found out that she had um, what they call precancer cells on her cervix, that, that she was going through a, a situation that, that they were going to have to take care of when Rachel was born at that point. We didn't know she was pregnant when it all started, but found out that she was. And that, that she had a situation, and, and the dysplasia was, was, could turn into cancer. The doctor could was, could, or could go away, you know, either one. And so, we, of course, we were believing that it would go away. Uh, but the doctor was very concerned, did biopsies all the way through the pregnancy, did a lot of things. And, and when, when Rachel was born, that, that day was, of course, a very exciting day. Uh, for us, you know, and it was wonderful. She, she was a great blessing even from the first day uh, until now. So uh, she didn't talk back, though, when she came out. She cried, though. She squawked. She squawked. 
and pop, so maybe she was the same. <laughs> I think she was. <laughs> but, you know, in, 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 in my life, uh, you know, and this, this wasn't my body, this was her body, but, but in my life I hadn't had to deal with a whole lot of sickness. I hadn't had to deal with a whole... I knew God was a healer. We both knew that. She was raised in that kind of home with her mother and her father, and they stood on the word, they believed the word. And, and in between the last biopsy when Rachel was born, that thing had gone from precancer displayed into full-blown cancer, and there was a polyp, and it, it, was, it was not a, not a, a pretty time. Uh, the great thing was Rachel's, Rachel was healthy and, and completely whole and, and, and doing really well. But in, in that one moment, we went from having, wanting to have you know, a, a house full of children and, and all of these dreams and all of these desires to the doctor saying, you know, this is, this is it. You're not going to have any more kids, and, and, and you really need to focus now on you because we need to make sure that you're okay. And, and for us, you know, we were young, and we still weren't necessarily doing everything right. And we were, we were very, uh, it was a, not a dark period, but it was a very, a very important period in our life where we needed to find out what God said. Because we had people telling us 50 different things. You know, not necessarily people. Nobody here knew what was going on. Now it's a little different. We've told this story a bunch over the last 10 years. But, but at the time, there, nobody knew. I mean, not, not even all our family knew. I mean, it was, we didn't tell anybody because we didn't want the wrong thing to be said. We wanted to make sure that the things that went out of our mouth, the things that we were agreeing on, were the things that God was speaking. We, and, didn't, we didn't know a lot. And we had to come to an agreement first. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just felt to go, just go, we went and sat in the park. I mean, we had an opportunity where, you know, do you stand in faith? Do you say, you know, I'm, I'm just going to believe that God's going to take care of this supernaturally? Do you do what the doctors say? Do you, you know, what, because there's, there's two opinions and they were very strong opinions. And, the, and, you know, and, and here you have this weak old baby, you know, squawking at you and, and a four-year-old with big eyes staring at you. And, you know, what do you, what do you do? I mean, because this doesn't just concern your life. This concerns your whole family. I mean, you're standing and waiting for the, you know, the rest of their life too. And so, we just felt to go to a park and just sit and, and, and pray. And we, at that point, felt a peace to just go ahead and, and have the surgery and, 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 you know, be led by the Spirit as we went through it. But to just, that was the, that's where we had peace. And so we went with, we followed the peace of God because we prayed, we stood, and then we believed that when we, when we did what we had a peace to do, that God would take care of it. Well, I knew she would be okay. Yeah. Uh, but, but I even, I mean, I said to her, even in the moment, I, I, when we sat on that swing, I, 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 I'll believe whatever you, you tell me to believe. I'll believe whatever you say that God's speaking to you in this situation. But we need to know what that is. And we need to come up with, with the right decision, what God is speaking to us. And, and when she said that, I really feel a peace to do this. Then for me, that was it. Now, I mean, you still have to go through those days. I mean, that was, that was not a, you know, that was a, that was a wild six weeks after that, and it was a, 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 a wild day in the hospital and the six days after. And all. I mean, it was, it was uh, you know, it, it was not easy to push her onto that elevator and hold a baby and, with her, with mom, and just, just sit there and just, I mean, uh, that, was a, that was a tough moment and a tough time. But I knew she'd be okay. I didn't have to worry about whether or not she'd be okay because God said this is the way you're supposed to go. This is what you're supposed to do. And then when you when you follow that path, then you don't have to live with the second guessing and the and the and the backtracking and the what if and the shoulda coulda wouldas and you know then God can begin to to take where you are and move you forward. Mm-hmm. 
you don't have to be stuck to the past. You don't have to, why me? All that kind of, all that kind of crazy stuff that can just anchor you where you are and keep you stuck swirling in that place forever. You can just say, okay, it is what it is. This is the way of escape that God, God's made for us, and we're just going to go forward with it. And when we do, we're going to see the blessings of God. We're going to see the fruit of God. We're going to be able to go forward with our life. There's going to be healing from this because we followed what God said. Yeah, yeah and there wasn't, we haven't, we, we done sat around and talked about it. We don't mull over it. We've never, e- even from the beginning, we've never sat down and said, well, what would have happened or what could have? I mean, there, there was never even a consideration. When you follow after what God said, whether it's healing or whether it's financial situations or whether it's relationship situations or, or whatever you're going through, you, you have to know the leading of the Holy Spirit. You have to know what, what God is speaking to you, not just what's written in the Word, but His fresh manna that's coming from heaven by the Holy Spirit that's alive on the inside of you as a believer. You have to know what that is. And then when you know what that is, then it's easy to step forth. It's easy to go into it. It's easy to continue forward. And you don't have to look back. You don't have to wonder what if, what could have, would have, should have, all those things. You just go forward with what God spoke to you. There are times where you're thinking, I'm not real sure if this is God or isn't God or what I'm supposed to do. Find out. It says that that you'll have a peace in your heart in Colossians. It says, let the peace of God that passes all understanding rule in your hearts. It's that what we call that green light or that velvety feeling on the inside that says, I don't know why I, I feel to do this, but I... Everybody else hasn't done, but it, it just for me, this really seems like the way I'm supposed to go. Right. See, that's the Holy Spirit beginning to lead you. We talk about it in a determining divine direction in, in VBI, in Victor Bible Institute, and you can get that class. It's a great class. Lead you through that whole part, how God led me, how he began to show me, how he was speaking to me, how he was leading me, how he was guiding me. It was the little things and all the little instances and all the little pieces, and I had to learn. And you begin to go. You take that little baby food, and then you go on to a little bit of solid food, and then you go on to the meat. It's a little at a time that I had to learn. And I said, God, I want to know your voice. I want to know what you're speaking. I want to know what you're saying to me. And I need you to show me in the little things. But the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in this church uh, is, is part of that foundation that comes along with salvation. We believe that without that, we, we are definitely at a loss as we go on. We're saved. We have, we have, the, the, we have Jesus Christ alive on the inside of us. But, but without that infilling, with, with that evidence of speaking in tongues, we're really at a loss. And we're, we're actually putting ourselves at, in, a, in a dangerous spot out there, I believe, because we don't have all the tools that God has given us. And, you know, God has a plan and he's, and he's had a plan since the beginning. It's not like, you know, you just wake up one day and he goes, surprise, guess what I thought up today? Holy Spirit, hello. You know, there's none of, God has a plan and he, and he introduces it and he begins to talk about it and he keeps, he, he puts it out there because this is what's coming and you need to know what's coming because it's, you know, it's going to be different than it was before. And when it's going to be different, then, then sometimes people get upset. And, and so you got to know that this is coming. And so like in Matthew three eleven it says, I indeed, and this is uh, John the Baptist talking, he said, I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You know, he begins to talk about what's coming. And then in Acts, um, in Acts 1, 4 and 5, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, and this is Jesus, but to wait for the promise of the Father. He called it the promise of the Father. And he said, you have heard from me, for truly John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. John talked about it. Jesus said when he left, okay, now this is what, this is what John was talking about. 
You just need to stay right here. Hold on. It's coming. You need this. This is what you need. So you just chill out. Hold on here for a minute. And then, and then the Holy Spirit's going to come, and it's going to be a baptism with fire. Yeah, in February, we talked a little bit about it when I did the I Believe series, and I said I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about it for two weeks, the different things. And, and in the first part of that particular message, we talk about the, the creative force that the Holy Spirit is, that the creative force, that the Holy Spirit moves on God's words. And when God said, let there be light and let there be the earth and all those things, it was the Holy Spirit that was waiting there in the moment as part of the Trinity to go forth and make those things happen. In your life, it says, you know, in 2 Corinthians five seventeen that you're a new creature in Christ. When you invite Jesus into your life, it says you're a new creature. Old things have been passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. Well, how does that happen? By the creative power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, amen. You can't do it. I can't do it. I can't make me better. You can't make you better. If you could make you better, you would. I mean, if I could make me better, I would. I wouldn't need God. But see, I do. I'm in a place where I know that I do. And so I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit begins to do a work. It says you're a new creature. It says you're born again. Well, what in the world does that mean? I can't born just like Nicodemus. I can't crawl back in there and make all this happen. No, but the Holy Spirit can make your life new righteousness now all of a sudden you have right standing with god well where did all this stuff go the creative force the power of the holy spirit took that out of your life see the sin consciousness changes to the god consciousness well how does that happen by the power of the holy spirit operating in your life and for us we 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 would be in a position where we 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 would we would have an issue we would have a real problem titus it says if you look there you know titus in three five and she'll put that on the screen you know we're talking about from the inside out the holy spirit doesn't start like fixing your hair (laughs) he starts on the inside it says not by the works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of the regeneration the renewing of the holy spirit we say it's by grace we were saved through faith yes that's right ephesians 2 8 but it also says that he is the one who washes us clean the holy spirit he's part of the trinity they're all one the father son and the holy ghost but they each have jobs and they each have parts. And we talked about that a little bit in January. But I just want to, I wanted to leave you with that, that idea that, you know what, he is powerful. And as a believer, we, we have that power alive on the inside of us if, if we've been baptized into the Holy Spirit. Baptized by the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it will change your life. In my life, it turned my world upside down. I shared all about it in February, so I don't necessarily have to go back and talk about my buddy Sammy again. But, man, I looked up and realized these kids were all praying in the Spirit. I, I was saved, but I didn't have that, and I, well, I, I didn't know. I mean, it was, it was literally like a, I couldn't wait for them to say amen because I, I needed to get what they had. And I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know why. I wasn't real sure about any of it. But, man, they, they, I was at a loss in my life. I mean, I, I mean, I was just like in a moment. I went from being just me, you know, ninth grader at the basketball meeting, just trying to hang out, to like, oh, my goodness, I, I, I need something right now. And I wasn't leaving that house until, until, until I had what they had. And that, that's, what it, that's what it's like in the, in the life of a believer who's not operating in that place. It puts you at a loss, and it puts you at a place where you, you can't necessarily operate at the highest level that God wants you to operate at. Yeah, I was eight when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, I was, we were just in a church service, and then the service, they were like, all right, all you guys that don't speak in tongues, come on up. Well, okay, it's me. And so, you know, and then all the ladies up front, they're like, okay, now, honey, tonight when you go to bed, you just need to pray in tongues every night. Okay, you know, like a homework assignment. All right. <laughs> and, and that's kind of the way it went the rest of my life. But I knew anytime I didn't know what to do, anytime I was in a place mm-hmm. where I was freaked out, anytime there, that there was something going on that, that kind of, you know, it was like, oh, I knew I could pray in tongues. And I knew that it would bring me an answer. And I knew that it would take me from who were in my flesh 
to the Spirit immediately. That I could begin to see things the way God sees them. That I could begin to speak things the way that God says them. And it changed from that to the other. And it says um, in Acts 1, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. That's your home. That's kind of significant to your home. In all Judea, your neighborhood, Samaria, that's your city, and the ends of the earth. That you will be able to, to take care of business, that you will be a witness of God in your home, in your community, in your world. That the things that you needed to say, that the power that comes, it says that, that the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword and it divides between spirit and flesh. And those things that are like um, good words in a due season, those, those words are, come from the power of the Holy Spirit. The things that we don't know, the things that don't make sense to us. And we begin to talk about it, and the people are like, what? <laughs> How did you know? You know, those things, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you're, you're put in a position, in, in a great position. The, 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 the disciples were a little, con- they were confused. They didn't want Jesus to go away because he was the one who was feeding them all of this stuff. He was the one who was teaching them all of these things. And so when he said that he would that he was going to go away, even though they'd heard some of the story that he was going to go away and do that, that, that made them nervous on the inside because right. what was happening was the presence of God was leaving them. Right. And, and they knew they needed that presence. But Jesus said, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going in my place. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He says, in my place, I'm going to go and I'm going to be with the Father, but I'm going to send you the helper is what he called him. The helper is going to come to you. Because Jesus was their helper. He was their teacher. He was their helper. He was their friend. He was all these things. Now Jesus has gone to sit at the right hand of the Father, but the Holy Spirit has come to take that place. What Jesus told them that day was, I can be with all of you right now, but if I go across the street to Grandma's house, I'm not here with you anymore. But listen, if I go and I sit with the right hand of the Father and I send the Holy Spirit in my place, then I am with you. I am sending the peace of who I am, and I am putting it on the inside of you because the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are one. And I'm taking and I'm putting it with you so now each one of you can have my presence that's going to reside with you forever. Now he said you're not quite getting it because you're not quite saved yet. <laughs> if you read in John 16, it says, you know, you don't quite understand all this yet because I haven't gone to be with him yet. But when, but when I go to be with him, then you're going to be saved and you're going to have the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to come because we're not going to be here together inside of you. So he goes and he takes off and he dies on the cross and resurrected and he sits at the right hand of the Father. Then the Holy Spirit comes and these guys all of a sudden, Peter stands up and says, Oh, I get it now. (laughs) What did he say? This is what was prophesied by the... Oh, it's all making sense. See, they all start speaking in tongues in the upper room. It says they're all in one accord. The Holy Spirit rushes in. They all have tongues of fire sitting on their head. They're all talking in other tongues. Now all of a sudden things are changing. People think they're drunk. People think they're messed up. They're not drunk. They're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And now Peter starts to look around and say, oh, this is what he was talking about. This lines up with what Joel said. I'm starting to get it now. And then he gets up and he lays into him a Holy Spirit-inspired message. And then in the end of that message, they all cry out and say, oh, my, what do we need to do to be saved? See, it's that power to witness. It's that power to speak. It's that power to have the words that cut directly to the heart. Who, who says that he needs to stand up and speak what, what was prophesied by Joel? These people want to know what the world's going on and why are all these crazy people running around talking in tongues? All these different languages. What, what, is, what is going on here? Well, he gets up and he begins to speak. And he goes back and speaks what, what Joel said. All that. Why, why would you say that and not talk to them about what, what Jesus promised you? Because the Holy Spirit's leading him. And now he's filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Man, he is just like, he's on fire. We have that same opportunity. 
we have that same faith. We serve the same God that they serve. He's still sitting at the right hand of the Father. And He is still sending His Holy Spirit to infill your life. It's, it's still true. It's not for back then. It's not for those days. Speaking in tongues is for today. I couldn't get to where I am today. Pastor Pam and Bill couldn't get to where they were. You probably haven't been able to get to where you are without that. It's the thing that, that keeps me straight. It's the thing that keeps me on the path. When those stray thoughts come, I'm able, to, I'm able to speak the word. But if I don't know the word to speak, I'm able to pray in tongues. And when I pray in tongues, that thing has to go. He begins to speak to you. He begins to tell you things. He begins to show you things. It takes you out of who you are. It takes you out of your mind. It takes you out of your reasoning. It takes it out of flesh. It puts you right in the spirit driving seat. And now all of a sudden, all of, you're just, it's clear again. I think sometimes, though, we, like, we forget about it and we get to like the last minute or the last time or the last second since we've tried everything else. Learn to think spirit first, you second. And if you can do that in your life, then he's really going to be able to take you to a new place and a new level. Yeah, and in Ephesians 5.17, it says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dispensation, but filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, speaking and making melodies in your heart to the Lord. And then in, um, you know, when God sent us out in the Great Commission, he gave us instructions of what we were supposed to do and how we were supposed to conduct ourselves and and and. The, things, the tools that we had and the things that he would see us do. And it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. These are the things that he said you would see when you believe. It says, In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know, they all go together. You know, we've got no problem laying our hands on the sick. We've got no problems believing that God, you know, to go and, and talk about Jesus. And speaking in tongues is right there in the middle of it. It allows the river of life to flow through you. You know, I think a lot of the times, we, you know, we've been sharing a little bit about this, and I've been talking a little bit about it, this idea that, that this is a continual cycle, that, that God pours into you, but it has to pour out of you too. Otherwise, it gets dammed up on the inside of you, and if it'll just get to the point where it's stagnant. And if, you, if you've thought about it, or I use, I, the very first message I ever preached here was on this. It was way back in the, in the, in the late 90s, and I, 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 Pastor Pam and Bill were out of town, and, and they asked me to, to, to share. And so I said, okay. And Was it right after what? Prodigal son? What's that mean? Oh, you and I together? Oh, I don't know. I don't even know that. Did we do one together before then? Oh. Great, prodigal son, then this. But then we had a guy that we <laughs> We had a guy, Mel Hughes. Many of you know Mel. Some of you, some of you don't. Mel's very proper. He's very straight-laced. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's managerial in an office somewhere. It's all really just straight, and everything's by the book, and, you know, there's redundant reasons why and how. He's the guy who took my key when I left the money in the, in the car. If you were here last week, he was the one who said, sorry, John, I need your key. I'm like, dude, they're my mom and dad. He's like, oh, I need your key. So I had to like, I literally had to take it off and like put it in his hand and I walked away. But, but I said, Mel, here's the deal. Because God gave me this like that, that night before. And so I came in that morning and said, Mel, do we have a hose? And he said, why would you need a hose, John? Well, I'm telling you, Mel, I got, I got this thing that God's told me. And I, would your parents approve? I, 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 they're not here. So let's just get a hose. I said, how do we fill that tank? You know, how do we fill that baptismal tank? And he said, well, we got a, we got a, a, a garden hose. Hook it up. I said, do we have a sprayer? 
And he said, no. I said, well, we need to get a sprayer quick because I want to use a sprayer. And he said, oh, okay, are you sure your parents are going to approve? He's starting to get like a little nervous. I'm like, yes, it'll be fine. I just, I know God told me to do this. And so, you know, what I did was I, I took this sprayer and I, and I took these pictures in different, different situations. And, and, you know, what happens is many times, you know, you, you, you sit there and I poured into one pitcher and I said, you know, you're full of stuff and everything's great and everything's good. And, and, and then all of a sudden, one day you, just, you, you start pouring out, you know, and you take the pitcher and you pour it out. And that's great, too, because you can pour out all the things that God's given you, but eventually your pitcher's dry. And, you're, you know, I'm not holding on to the hose anymore. I wasn't spraying anybody. But, it, you know, it was dry. And then I said, there are other people who sit around, and they, you know, put the hose on. And, I, you know, I sat there and let the hose fill the pitcher back up. But then the water just started going off the outside, and it just started running off. What happens to that water then is it kind of becomes stagnant in there. But the good water just basically runs off the top, and the other stuff just sits there and gets nasty. And I said, the, the real thing and the real way it should be for us as believers is that the pitcher's about half-tipped, and it's still being filled up. And if you sit there with the pitcher half-tipped, it pours all the water out, just like me. But if you, keep the, if you keep the nozzle on there, it keeps it filled up too. And that'll never run dry. It'll never become stagnant because it's flowing. It's flowing in and flowing out. And it'll never run dry because it's flowing in. And if you can walk around in your life like that, allowing the rivers of life to flow through you, then you're going to be the person who God's really moving and using in these last days. Because he's, he's got it coming into you and he's got it coming out of you. You realize that it's not about you, it's about other people. That the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that, that is fantastic and it does. There are benefits for you and it changes your life and it gives you all of those things that the Bible talks about. But it's so that you can be an effective minister of the gospel in the areas in which you live. In the places that you go and the people with whom you talk to. That, it's really for people. See, it's that power to witness and to share, to make a difference. You coming on the scenes and praying for somebody who's having a tough time, going through something, that's not what you said that makes a difference. It's what God said through you. Well, how does that work? By the power of the Holy Spirit. You can pray the, the, the most word-filled prayer, but if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit behind it, where's the life? See, where's the power? Where's that thing that's going to make a difference? It's not necessarily the things that you think of and the things that you pray. It's what the Holy Spirit puts in your heart. You've been through this. You've had these situations where you were talking to somebody, God quickened something to you, and you began to share this scripture with somebody. You got no idea where it came from. When you're finally finished, you finally go, oh, I think Pastor Bill might have preached about that in 1987. You know, I heard, I don't know where that came from. The Holy Spirit. It says in John 14, 26 that he'll bring those things to your remembrance. Jesus was speaking. He'll bring those things, he says. The things that I've spoken, the things that I've said, he'll bring those back to your remembrance. And we've also been on the receiving end of that. When someone spoke something into our life Mm -hmm. that broke down a wall, that, that allowed the Spirit of God to just overflow our hearts and to change us. And that's, that's, that's what God intends for all of us is to be those instruments of change in people's life so that when, when, he's, when they're ready, you know, their hearts are open, they're ready, and when, and when we're there, that we can speak that word. We don't have to, you know, drag them to church and have Pastor Pam pray for them because you remember that time, Pastor Pam, you prayed for me and it changed my life. And all that. Here, pray for them too. You know, that, that's awesome. Yes, they need to come to church, but God has that relationship with each of us that we can be those instruments. That he uses. Yeah, we've got the gifts of the Spirit that are given to the body. We talked about it on Sunday just a little bit. It's not just given to the pastor. It's not just given to the evangelist. It's not just given to the prophet. It's give, the gifts of the Spirit are given to each one of us, and God will begin to dispense them as he sees fit. Right. 
for that. You know, I'm the I'm the word of wisdom guy. You're you're whatever God tells you to be at that moment, guy. Is who you are. Now, do you have a propensity to operate in some of those gifts maybe more than another? Sure, yes, you are. But I'll tell you what, some of the people who were great, the, Oral Roberts is a great healing evangelist is what they began to call him. He, he was just as easy to operate in another gift too if God said. It just so happened that God used him many times in the operation of the gifts of the miracle of healing in people's lives. But we have to be open to that. It's not just because he's Oral Roberts. Yes, he's called. Yes, he's gifted. Yes, he's anointed and all of those things. But God chose that moment, that time, and that particular person to use that. And if you're a believer, you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He could use you in the gifts of the Holy Spirit at any yes. time. That's not to spook you. That's to encourage you. <laughs> that's a good time. That's an exciting time. That's a great opportunity that we have as believers. Why? Because we're making a difference in somebody else's life. And God's using us to do it. What an honor that is. What an opportunity for God to do something great, to get all the glory. Because he wants us to be overcomers in this life. Mm-hmm. He wants, you know, it says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What, whatever it is that he's put in front of you, that he's already giving you the tools. He's given you the ability. He's already won the victory. All we have to do is walk it out. Mm-hmm. That means uh, saying what he says to say, meditating on what he says to meditate, speaking the things that he says to speak, all those things, when they line up and come together, then we walk as overcomers in this world. Yeah, and, and you know, the last thing on your list or whatever that is down there, maybe it's not the last thing, but one of the last things says living the victorious, abundant life. That, 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 is, that is who we are. As believers, that's what, that's what all believers should be. They should be living the, 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 the miraculous, abundant life right. in Christ. Because he's provided it, he's paid for it, and now it's us to just learn to walk by faith, to open up all those gifts, and to live in it. Yes. And, it, it, and you know, you think, well, you know, you just don't know my situation, you don't know what I'm going through. God, God, I'm telling you what, God makes a difference in every situation. Jesus is the answer for you. He will make a way. I, I, I have no idea how we've gotten to where we are other than the fact that we've decided years ago that we're going to live the word of God regardless of what we see, regardless of what we feel, regardless of what comes against us, regardless of what other people think. We're going to be led by this thing and what the Holy Spirit's telling us to do. And all I know is that if we've been through some stuff. We go through some stuff. We face some things. But God has always been faithful. He has taken care of us and he has provided for us. And we've been overcomers in Christ. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens. We know where our center is. We know where our joy is found. We know where our hope lies. And it lies in Jesus. And so because of that, I man, we can smile. Everybody's like, you're so exciting. You're so, I, I, yeah, I mean, that's, what, what else are you going to be? <laughs> I mean, if you're not, you know, I know I jump around up here and I do some stuff. Why? Because I'm happy. Amen. I mean, if you get a little and it all spills off on you, I guess that's all right. But my job isn't to make you happy. See, I didn't give you my joy. If I give you my joy, you're going to be sorely disappointed. By the time you get to the parking lot, you're going to be mad at somebody. <laughs> Jesus said he came to give us his joy, that our joy would be what? Full. So get his joy. Jump up and down, snoopy feet. I mean, you, you, that's, that's who you are. That's what's going on. But, but you have to be the one. I have to be the one. Elizabeth has to be the one that appropriates those things in our life. I have to know that this is true and I have to live it. There are days where it doesn't look like that is, but I've got to tell her, I don't care what it looks like, that's what it is. There's days where she has to yank my chain a little bit and say, hey, pal, let's get a smile on. That never happened. Oh, please. <laughs> I tried. I, you lied, but you did. You didn't just try, you lied. Yeah, we have, we have to speak, we have to confess. And we, I don't yeah, say that I to lie. her. I just go in my corner and pray. 
I just said, Lord, would you help? <laughs> when the lightning comes, I want to be a far away. Back up, back up. <laughs> Now, we've come a long way in that area, in the, in the disagreeing department. I haven't bit her finger in a long time, Alicia, but probably since that time <laughs> when I bit her finger that other time. She shook her finger in my face one time, and she was uh, telling me something, and I just, I was kind of looking at her like this and went, <laughs> <laughs> And Elizabeth was in our house, like, looking out the window, like, oh! <laughs> she, was, she was babysitting we Daniel. Hadn't in, we hadn't gone inside yet. We hadn't gone inside. We were we in the car. We weren't finished. <laughs> We had to resolve some things before we were we encouraging inside. each other. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Yeah, there's a lot of those stories. We'll break in a little at a time. Right. Can't tell you all of them at once because there wouldn't be anybody left. <laughs> but we have to believe the word, we have to meditate the word, and we have to speak the word. You know, when you, when you begin to put this in your heart and when you begin to put it in your mind, you know, the, the things that you meditate... You will eventually speak. Good, bad, or ugly. And the things that you speak, you will eventually act on. Unless there's an intervention, one way or another. You know, and we were just talking about disagreeing. You know, we came to a point where where it was just like, you know, you have to change what you're saying in the middle of what you're saying. If that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. You know, and we like, how long are we going to stay in the flesh? You know. I don't know. Are you done? I think so. All right. And then we just kiss and move on. And then move on. Yeah. I love you. I mean, like there'd be a realization that this is not right. We are destroying ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, this is stupid. (laughs) We're fighting over something that's ridiculous. And, you know, (laughs) but you have to, you have to speak truth. You know, how long are we going to stay in the flesh? Mm -hmm. Truth. And then we had a decision to make. Yeah. So you, you have to... At that point, I can't say just a little bit longer. <laughs> I just got... Because I, I just got a little bit more to say. <laughs> you can't do that. No. No, you immediately... Right. So, but when you meditate the word and when you speak the word, you will act on the word. Yes. If you're meditating fear, if you're meditating unbelief, then eventually you will speak that. And then your actions will follow. And in Joshua 1, 8, 9, it says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You know, we say that all the time. That our, we will make our way prosperous, and we will have a good success. But it says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. So that you will um, observe to do all that's, uh, that's written in it. And it says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and be of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Mm-hmm. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, this is life. It's not just, oh, I've decided to step out in faith today and do what God tells me. This is, you know... When you get crosswise with people, this is when you're, you know, whatever it is, this is life. It's not just for Sunday morning. It's not just for Tuesday afternoon when somebody that's homeless walks across your path. This is living your life this way. And when you begin to live your life this way, 
Not, you know, oh, I need to put on my Jesus robe for a minute so I can do what I need to do, and then I'm going to take it off and do what I want to do. This is living your life. Yeah, and it's, it's, at, that, it's at that point. When do you take your robe off? You know, because that, that's the extent of where you're, where you're going to grow in Christ. That's the extent of where you're going to see his blessings. That's the extent of where you're going to live the abundant life. I've got a lot of people who come say, I, I mean, I just I want that. See, yeah, but your whole life's, man, you're, you're just a wreck. Not what's going on, but what you're doing. I mean, you're, you're throwing rocks and, and sticks, and you're burning your own house down. Right. The devil doesn't have to get in the way. I mean, he's sitting back going, hey, you just keep going. I'm not going to bother somebody else. I mean, he doesn't have to bother you because through anger, through all these different things, maybe. See, through all these situations and things that we allow to enter in, for these moments where, you know, we, we, you're not going to do it here. This is church. But for the moments where you are going to do it when you're not in church, those are the, those are the places and the levels that, that you, need to, you need to shore those up. You need to stop making those decisions the wrong way. You need to follow after what God's saying because that's, then you're going to go to the next level. Then you're going to come to that place. Then you're going to see that thing happen in your life. It is a day-by-day, situation-by-situation, relationship-by-relationship way of life. This isn't just for, for, for strange times. This just, just isn't for extreme times. This is for all times. Right. See, the Word of God is, is appropriate for you in your life all the time. Either this Word or what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. It's not a use it when you want to and not when you don't. It does not work that way. Picking it up and dusting it off when things go bad and trying to get into it, we, we pray for you all day long. But I'm telling you, man, it, that, that's, the way, that's the way I wouldn't even... I would go out back to like 80% of the people that are part of a church live. And, and, and we can't figure out sometimes in church why we're not living the abundant life, why we don't have victory, why things are a mess, why our kids are all jacked up, why, why our relationship with our spouse is a mess, why our job's a wreck, why, why we're sick all the time, why things aren't happening. Well, how much, time are we, how much time are we given this? What place are we given this? Is this making third place in your life? Well, if the Word of God and your relationship with Jesus is making third place in your life, you're in for, you're in for a rough ride. Sure, you'll go to heaven. You know, you die, you got Jesus in your life, you're, you're saved, okay. But man, you're, you're not living the Word of God in your life. You're going to struggle while you're here. And why struggle while you're here? You're only here for a short period of time. Why not invest toward the future by living the abundant life now? Living the abundant life is investing in your future in heaven. Yes. That's understanding and knowing that part of the abundant life is giving of yourself everywhere that you go. Now, on your, I don't know if I even put this in your notes, but in Malachi, you know, it talks about, about bringing the tithe into the storehouse, and that's giving. We believe in this church beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're supposed to be tithers, yeah. that God has commanded us to tithe, to bring in 10% of what we earn, and to take that 10% and give it to God faithfully, not, not begrudgingly, not upset, not, okay, God, here's yours. I mean, like, God, I love you. This is yours. I don't want anything. I scrape it across the table, give it to you. I don't want anything to do with that. That is yours. We believe that. We believe that if you're going to be successful in your life, you're going to live the abundant life in all areas, that's got to be part of it. Again, you can't go with like eight-tenths of what this says. I guess that'd be four-fifths if you wanted to get it down to lowest, enough, you know. But I mean, I, I'm a math guy. Seven, let's go seven-tenths, Joe, so we don't have to, we don't have to reduce. Seven, you know, can't live on seven-tenths of what it says, and then I can't be saying, you know what, I love this thing because it tells me that I'm saved, and I love this thing because it tells me that I'm healed, but you know what, I'm not real sure when it comes to money if it knows what it's talking about. See, would you do that? Would you say that? Would you, I mean, that doesn't even make sense. Then all of a sudden, this thing is, this thing is like life to me, except for money, because I don't, man, I got a little better idea. Well, that's not true. That's not true. 
It also says that you're supposed to give of your talent. You're supposed to give of the things that God's given you. And Matthew chapter 25 is the parable of the talents. And that means money and means many different things. But you've got to think about the giftings and the things that God's put on the inside of you. You have to think about all the, all the way that he made you and created you. And, and he has a plan and he has a purpose and he has a place for you. But if you sit in your home the whole day and say, I'm not going to go out, I'm not going to do it because it's scary, then you're never going to see those things that said, you're the wicked and, wicked and lazy servant. That's what he said to the guy who wouldn't take his talent and do anything with it. But the ones who would go out and do it and say, Master, I just I went out and did it, and all of a sudden it doubled what I had, and here it's all yours anyway. See, not even saying, here it's all yours, can I have some because I did a good job? Not that. They said, here, I, I took what you gave me, and I used what you gave me, and I got all of this back, but it's not mine, it's yours. See, do you understand that you're a steward of what God's given you? And what happens in eternity depends on what you do with what he's given you. In your life, yes, but also when you're talking about living up there, I mean, we're ta- we're talking. What you do with what he's given you determines what happens, determines what you got going on, determines where you are. Not only that, it says you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. It says love your God with all your heart, but love your neighbor as yourself. In Luke, it talks about the parable of the of, of the good the good Samaritan. He went and what did he do? He gave of himself. He gave of his time. He gave of his efforts. He took this poor helpless guy and took him to the end. Gave some money. He he did everything he could for the person. That's giving. You know, I, I shared a couple months ago and, and shared about that, that, that word that said, to, you know, God spoke to me, it's, it's time to live non-profit in your life. To live non-profit. To not, to not focus on me, myself, and I, and the things that I need, and I, but, but to focus on people who are around you and to just let God flow through you. Not to be a vessel that holds it up, but be the one that's got a hole in the bottom like we talked about earlier, and when he pours it in, it comes out. And to say, okay, God, I don't want to hang on to anything you don't want me to hang on to. I don't want to be attached to anything you don't want me to be attached to. I just want to let you flow through me in my life. That's really, truly living as a giver. Saying, man, it's not about what I have. I'll do whatever God asks me to do, whenever he asks me to do it, wherever he asks me to do it, however he asks me to do it. Who am I to tell God what's up? And if, as we do that in our life, as you begin to make that, 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 make that be who you are, this, this thing that says, yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of people say, That's, that is fantastic. How am I supposed to do that? I don't know. Ask God. And just go minute by minute. I, there's not a formula. I haven't written the book yet. Just trust God. And just, just say, okay, God, whatever, whatever you have for me. I, I want to be like that. You have to be this in your home first. You like... He is my, after my relationship with God, he is my absolute number one top priority. No, no questions asked. Not my kids, not my home, not anything. He's my absolute number one top priority. I like and, it. <laughs> right. And, you know, I, I, anything that, that God brings to my mind that makes his life better, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Because he is my top priority. And, and, and I don't mind it at all. I mean, there's grace for that because God said do it. And, and, it, and it keeps. And then after that, my kids. What, the, what, 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 do, you, what do you need? You know, and, and God puts little things in my heart that makes their day special, makes their day better. You know, yes, tonight we can have macaroni and cheese and hot dogs. Because <laughs> that's going to bless. He's 22 years <laughs> old and he still wants SpongeBob macaroni. <laughs> And if you want to make him happy, get him a 67 box, 67 cent box of SpongeBob macaroni, and that kid just like is snooping with his feet going. <laughs> but God will tell you how to lead your home as well. 
you know, he'll tell you what things make your house go well. You know, what is it that, that makes, in, in my case, what, what is it that makes your husband feel like, like he's the king of the, of the universe? See? <laughs> he is. In my heart and in my mind. She tweets about me. She talks <laughs> about me. I, get, I see her tweets and it says, I just have such a wonderful husband. I just smile. <laughs> you know, but, but God tells me what he needs. Yeah. And God tells me what my kids need. And God tells me what my house needs. You serve. It says says in Mark (laughs) in chapter 10, you know, verse 44, it says that that we're supposed to to serve. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve. And if Jesus came to serve those who he was with, then shouldn't we as as men or we as women of our homes be able to serve each other? That's part of our wedding thing. Our wedding thing, people kind of bristle this idea that says... You know, when I talk to the ladies many times, they, they always bristle and they have this, they come in with this mad look. Chip on their shoulder. They're already upset. I'm like, you're getting married. This is a great day. They're just like, yeah, but that submit thing. <laughs> and I'm like, if you will just submit, man, you will understand. You, th- th- that will free you from this <laughs> skunk eye thing you're giving me, man. I want, why are you giving me the skunk eye? I'm just the preacher, man. And so they all look at me a little leery. I say, just go with it. Just go with it. Just, just come on, stay with me. And then I get to the guy, and I get to grab him by the collar, and I get to say, listen, pal. I mean, it is about, because he's like, yeah, you need to submit to me, girl. I'm telling you. You know, and I'm like, oh, dude, you're, just so, you just hang on. And I get done with her, and then I get a hold of him. And I'm very blatant with these young kids, man. I, I get these dudes together, and I, I, so I tell them, if you don't lay your life down for her, if you don't cho- choose her over you every time, I'll hunt you down. I, I, I will find you. you. You need to treat this girl like she is God's gift to you, because she is. He, you just told me that you, God told you to marry her, and she told you. He, you already done said that. Now, if you will in your life love each other like that, if you will lay your lives down for each other like that, if you will lay your lives down for your home and your children like that, you will never have another day of problems in your house. Amen. Kiss each other. Get out of here. That's kind of the way I that's the kind of the way I go about it. Now that's not the way the ceremony goes. It's really nice and there's nice words and all that stuff. But the whole time I'm staring at that guy. And I'm telling him, listen to me, pal. And and it's true, when you do lay your life down for each other, then it's it's just good. And and when you lay your life down for your family and for your kids and you know, God can do awesome things when we get out of the way. If we just don't make any part of this about us god takes care of us because while i'm laying down my life for him he's doing things for me it's just like oh for real you thought of that that's so awesome (laughs) you know (laughs) and so you're not going to (laughs) be it's like it's like we're 14 it's crazy but (laughs) you know what when you give yourself away god gives to you you're not going to go without in any area of your life when you give it away. Mm-hmm. If it's your finances, if it's your time, if it's your talents, if it's your love, whatever it is, if you don't think about yourself, yeah. God is all about you. Yep. And he will, even the little tiny details, the little tiny things like Spongebob macaroni and cheese, the little things that make you smile, he has that in store mm-hmm. for you. But you can't ever take thought for yourself. Because that's when, when you take thought for yourselves, it's like, okay, I can take this from here, God. See you later. 
And, and it kind of just stops all the stuff that he's got in store for you and all the things that he has planned for you and all those little wonderful things that just make you smile just for no reason at all because it's special to you. That's what God has for you. Yeah, and the last part of your, of your notes there said, where are we going? And, and really in this church, we're going wherever God takes us and leads us and guides us. Amen. And as he directs and as he opens up doors, we will go through. And, and, and as he tells us to stop, we stop. If he says go, we go. And he says sing, we sing. If he says sit, we sit. And it's a lot like it was in the Old Testament with the cloud and the pillar of fire and all of those. I mean, that, you know, as God leads us and as God guides us. I don't say that you all need to be led by the Holy Spirit and not be led by the Holy Spirit myself. You know, that would, that would, be, that would not be right. And so I, we, we do a lot of different things. It says in Proverbs 22, 6, you know, that, that it says, Raise up a child in the way that they should go, and when they get old, they will not depart. And in this church, we raise up all of the children by the word, whether they're in the two and threes, the nurseries, whether they're in K for J preschool over here, you know, four and fives, or whether they're first grading up over there in the wave, whether they're over here in Blaze tonight. Somebody's teaching them. Somebody's instructing them. Somebody's sharing with them. Somebody's pouring into them. Somebody's praying for them. Somebody's holding them and hugging them and telling them it's going to be okay. Somebody is taking care of them. Somebody is nurturing them. They're doing all of those things, just like you would with your own children. Just like we do here in this house with you. We talk about the word. We share the word. God leads us. God guides us. He gives us those things. We're, we're doing that all across the spectrum in this church. Because we believe that as you raise up people, raise up children, it says in, in Proverbs. But if you, as you raise up folks that know the word of God, as they grow and as they mature, the word of God will not return void. In all of this, we have to be in unity. Because unity brings power. You know, we have to be, you know, one in the spirit. And so when, you know, w- w- you get the teaching of the word for the little guys, you get the teaching of the word in here, and, and in all of that together, then we get in unity and in one accord. And, and when we get in one accord, then God is there in the midst of it. Yeah, I remember uh, years ago when I was at Victory as a, as a student, I, I shared a, I was, I was, uh, I had to do a chapel for all of the kids in the school. And and the, and the word that the Lord gave me was this, was this word from like Luke chapter 4. And it's never really left me. And I believe this is who we are. And it's who Pastor Pam and Bill came and, and really began to, to, to take this church and begin to plant this church and begin to do these things based on the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. It's this 418 kind of church that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and mercy of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That this church is full of people who do that, who live that. That's the way we operate. That's, that's the abundant life. Going out and doing these things. And last but not least, we have land, building, and schools. Eventually, you know, God, we just believe that God is going to take who we are and expand it. Um, it says, the word that, that, that God gave Pastor Bill was, my hand is going to move on your behalf, and you will know it was my hand moving. The congregation will know it was my hand that moved, and the entire community will know that it was my hand. And we just believe that as we continue to move forward, as we continue to obey, you know, it says in, in Proverbs sixteen nine, it says, a man heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. And as we, as we move forward, as God directs, that he's going to bring all of those things and put them into place. And everyone will know that it's God because we believe that it's going to be exceedingly and abundantly above anything we could ask, hope, or think. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org. 
or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.